Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America College podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. This season's podcast is sponsored by Project Lomo. Logan Morrison of the Miami Marlins lost his dad to cancer in 2010 and has worked tirelessly for a cause he cares about, fighting lung cancer. Now he's asking young fans to find a cause they care about and to do something about it. You can learn about it at projectlomo.mlblogs.com, where you can get on the project's email update list. It's a really great initiative, and the young fans who do the most amazing projects will have a chance to go to a Marlins game Meet Logan Morrison and some of his Marlins teammates, throw out the first pitch, and win $1,000. That's projectlomo.mlblogs.com, and we thank Project Lomo for sponsoring this year's college podcast. Aaron, the regular season, except for on the West Coast, is over in college baseball. We're on to the conference tournaments and the postseason. So the postseason's upon us, Aaron, and this is going to be a stock reporty um, college podcast. So let's, uh, we're not going to pay too much attention to this week's top 25 rankings, although we did do the meeting, and uh, and we give kudos to Vanderbilt, Aaron, for ending the season at number one and a 26-3 and Southeastern Conference record. And you said in your, in your estimation this is probably the best SEC regular season you've seen a team have, isn't it? I think it's the best regular season any team's had since I've been covering college baseball. I mean, come on, 26-3 and in the SEC? Uh, I haven't lost a series all year long. I mean, you know, they, they played a good non-conference schedule. They went to Oregon and won two out of three in the non-conference. I mean, they won their midweek games. They beat Indiana midweek. They beat, you know, uh, Louisville Ar- midweek. They beat Central Arkansas, which at that time right. of the year was kind of dangerous. Right. I meant to say they beat Louisville midweek, not Indiana. Did they play Indiana? I don't know that they did. But, they, also um, beat, they also beat Buffalo, which like doesn't look like a good win, but Buffalo finished second in the MAC. Yeah, um, and, and almost won it. They right. went into the last day. Uh, you know, Lipscomb and Middle Tennessee weren't as good as they usually are. Their loss to Tennessee Tech, hey, they lost to Tennessee Tech. Hey, Tennessee Tech won a very top-heavy Ohio Valley Conference. It was a, it's a good Tennessee Tech team, pretty solid yeah. program. So, I mean, like they really – their midweek schedules were pretty good. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, a incredibly impressive season for Vanderbilt, you know, 48 and 7. Um but yeah, mostly it's just it's 26 and 3 in the SEC. That you don't do that. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's the opposite of terrible. And uh they did lose a game midweek uh midweek midweekend to Alabama. So let's jump right into the stock reporty part of the podcast, Aaron. Alabama getting that victory 14 and 15 in the SEC. It really seemed like that was a, a last piece that Alabama really needed. And I want to talk about the bottom of the SEC. Instead of the bottom, let's talk about the teams that have losing records in the SEC. So first off, mm. we can dismiss Missouri. They're 18-31. and 31. They're not getting in. We can dismiss no. Tennessee, 22-30, and 30, not getting in. Didn't even go to the SEC tournament, correct, Tennessee? That's right. And then Georgia, 7-20, and 20, 21-32 in the Dave Perno era. 
comes to a close. No surprise there. That might have to be a separate podcast where we do a uh, coaching carousel kind of deal. Um, but uh, next team up, Kentucky. Kentucky at one mm-hmm. point was very high in our rankings. I want to say they even nudged their way into the top ten at one point. But they might have. After being 22, I believe 22-6 and six was their peak, they go 8-18 eight and 18 the rest of the year. They're only 30-24 and 24 overall, 11-19 and 19 in the SEC. I mean, does Kentucky have to win the SEC tournament to get in, or is there a chance? I mean, their RPI is 38. What, 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 you know, on a scale of 0 to 100, what are their chances? What's their percent chance you think Kentucky gets in as an at-large team? About 5 Okay. I mean, you you don't get in with 11 wins in the SEC. It just doesn't happen. It's not good enough. I so, mean, so they really need they really need a strong SEC tournament run, is what you're saying. They need to win the SEC tournament, I think, to get in. I, I don't even know that they'd get in if they made the the championship. I just it's really a bad finish, and the committee doesn't like that. You know, when you when you combine a, a poor showing in your conference with negative momentum down the stretch, that's a lot to overcome. And you know, right now they're on, probably go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right now they're probably tenth in the SEC pecking order. You know, I mean it's it's I, I don't see it. No way. I think for me, I would uh, call negative momentum Joe momentum from now on. If we can make a Joe, uh, Joe. a Joe Lieberthal uh, reference, Joe momentum. Mm. He he called he called momentum Joe momentum. So um, okay, that's an, old, that's an old that's an oldie and apparently not a goodie. Auburn, Auburn at thirteen and seventeen. And let's let's take our two Alabama state of Alabama schools in in toto here together, Auburn and Alabama. Uh, there's a game and a half between the standings of these two teams where Alabama uh, you know, had a better finish in the SEC. But Aaron, it feels like Auburn is a team that has positive momentum. Series win this weekend against Arkansas. Series win last weekend at Florida. Series we win the weekend before at home against Ole Miss. I think we thought that that series loss at Missouri would be devastating for the Tigers. But it feels like they righted the ship just in time. And then in yeah. the middle of it, they also have a series win at Texas A&M, which is right in the middle of them in the SEC standings at 13 and 16, right between them and Alabama. How do you set up the chances right. of those two teams from the state of Alabama? And we could throw the Aggies in as well. I think both those Alabama teams are going to get in. Um, I, I think, you know, Auburn, uh, you got to give them a lot of credit because I think everybody had written them off. I had left them for dead a long time ago. Absolutely. And in the last three weeks, they've, they've just risen from the ashes here. It's really uh, remarkable, I mean, th- that they're back in this position where I think they're going to get in. I mean, it's not a not a slam dunk. You know, you go 13 and 17 in the league, you're, you're right on the bubble. Um, but the fact that they, they did it by coming on strong down the stretch with three quality series wins, um, you know, and uh, – I, I like, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think beating Texas A&M as well is, 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 is helps them. Um, where they split two, four games with Alabama this year. I believe that that's right? the case. I believe um, that's the case. Yeah. So, yeah, they did. So two and two against Alabama, that's kind of a wash. I mean, I think Alabama's in good shape at four, at 14 and, and 16 in the league. Um, 14 and 15, rather, in the league. I mean, right. that's usually 14 wins. That, that's That's usually good enough. They're inside the top 30 in the RPI. Um, you know, they didn't get swept by LSU or Vanderbilt. They did what they needed to do. I mean, it's not, you know, the most impressive resume when you look at series wins, um, you know, but they, you know, they, they did sweep those two games against A&M. You know, they won the weekend series against Auburn. Um, 
And, you know, other than that, they took care of the, the lesser teams in the league, like Tennessee and Georgia, um, you know, it's in Missouri. I mean, so they, they didn't exactly win series against really good teams, but they, they, they have two series wins against bubble teams. And they didn't get swept by Vandy and LSU. Um, you know, they did. They have a nice series win early on at Florida Atlantic, which is that's probably going to be an at-large team. That helps. That, that really helps. So, to me, that's the best thing on their resume. And I think it's I think the fact that both Auburn and Alabama – one series against Texas A&M really hurts the Aggies' chances. I, yeah. So, so if, if if Auburn now Auburn and Alabama play in the first play-in game of the new crazy 12-team, everyone gets a trophy Southeastern Conference tournament, yeah. right? Is, is yeah. that a, is the loser of that is there a chance that team is out? That, that seems like a pretty important game. Yeah, it's an important game, and I think especially if Auburn loses it, I think they could be in trouble because you know they they finished uh, farther back in the standings, and um, you know you know they're they're just not quite as strong, I feel like, as, as Alabama. I mean, at 14 and 15, that's, that's a decent spot to be in. I think Alabama could lose this game and still get in. Auburn loses it, maybe not. I mean, it, it'll depend what else happens in other conferences, and that's the thing is with stock report is it's fluid. You know, there's there's it all depends how many auto bids are gobbled up and how many, you know, if Campbell loses and gets in as that large team instead, you know, for instance, um, you know, that, that could be a – Two bid league anyway, maybe, even, but it could be a three bid league, the Big South, if something crazy happens. So, right, um, you know, so there's 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 balls in the air, but but right now I think I think I'll have both those teams in, and then you got A and M and Florida are, are kind of in weird positions here. I mean, this is these teams are the back of the SEC bubble. It's 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 not easy um, because you know these teams all have flaws in their resumes. I mean, I think A and M, the thing I really don't like is how poor they were on the road this year. They were just um, poor, Aaron. They really they have. Really, yeah. a couple. They have one series, or as Bray Tanner would say, a series. Yes. That you would really you. point at and say they did well, and that's at Ole Miss. They won two of three at Ole Miss, and otherwise, um, it's really not impressive. They have. A, they did get a win at Fullerton. That's the other good thing. They did lose the series, but they did win a, a game at Cal State Fullerton. But their only other series wins of any import are home against Georgia, which they swept, and at home against Missouri, which they swept. They did pull off a couple of a win here or there in league play, but they got swept at South Carolina. Uh, you know, they did they got a win against Auburn, but they got swept at home by Mississippi State, and they got a win at Arkansas, uh, a win at home against LSU, and their series win this weekend against Tennessee. I mean, in a vacuum, it doesn't look like a regional resume, but we don't know who we're comparing it against. So, I, I feel like to me. There's a very good chance that Florida has the highest RPI out of all these teams, but Florida certainly has stumbled down the stretch too, has it not? Yeah, it has. I mean, if Florida really hurt itself the last two weeks, losing series to Auburn and Georgia back to back, that hurts. Um, you know, Georgia especially. That come on, how do you? I mean, you can't you can't lose that series if you're a regional team. They're the last place team in the league. You know, I mean, your your at large bid is up for grabs. Come on, you can't lose that series. That that, that you know they're they're two games over 500 right now. So, um, so you got Florida uh, playing Texas. A, you got Florida playing Texas A&M, and Auburn playing Alabama. There's a chance that those two teams, the losers yeah. of those games tomorrow, Tuesday at the SEC tournament, there's a chance both those losers are out, right? Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think, I think it's a, a strong good call. Chance. I think it's a good call, especially the, the Florida A&M loser. I think the team that loses that one is out. Wow, that would be amazing because Florida certainly seemed. After that hot stretch, um, especially the series win against South Carolina where they swept the Gamecocks, really seemed like Florida was 
you know, had righted the ship and then a sweep at LSU, which there's no, you know, there's no shame there, but unable to kind of yeah. bounce back from that is a real key. They've, and they've won two SEC games since then. So a, a two and seven After, SEC loss, uh, end of the season could really uh, boot them from the, from the regionals. And, and after, you know, the LSU series, I thought they were out of the woods. I figured, I okay, you got Auburn at home. You got Auburn at home and at Georgia, they should be able to finish strong and cruise into regionals, and it just didn't happen that way. So now they're now they're in trouble. Now the rest of the SEC, real quick, LSU and Vanderbilt are certainly hosts and top eight national seeds. Is that, but that's mm-hmm. it as far as top eight national seeds. There's not another SEC team sniffing top eight national. Is it, even if one of the other teams, like if South Carolina, Arkansas, Mississippi State, or Ole Miss were to win the SEC tournament, can one of those teams steal a top eight national seed? It feels like the answer to that is no. I mean, I think maybe South Carolina still. I mean, they finished, you know, because they got the best combination of, of you know, a solid conference record, 17 and 12, good RPI, you know, 11. 11. Uh, and, you know, they've got some quality series wins. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm not in love with, with any of these teams as, as a not top eight national seed. But, you know, if Oregon right now, I mean, they, I thought they kind of needed to win that series this past weekend uh, against Oregon State. Now they're. I don't know. They're kind of on the fringe. Right now, I'll put Louisville ahead of either of these teams. But i got to um, be honest, Aaron. If South Carolina gets a top eight national seed, I'd be kind of shocked. They've, got, they've been swept three times. And I know no, one of them was a two-game series. But they got swept at home by Arkansas. And if Florida doesn't make regionals, which is very possible, right. how can a top eight national seed be a team that got swept at Florida? I mean, I, right. I would be, it would be dubious. And then yeah. we're, we're talking I – I guess my point is I think it's really clear. They're a top two team in the SEC. And that's been clear all year. It's been very clear all year. And between Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, South Carolina, which of those teams do you like as the best bets to host a regional? Sounds like the answers are Gamecocks and Bulldogs as opposed to, you know, the Razorbacks are the toughest the toughest fit in this regional hosting scheme. They're second in the country in attendance, but that doesn't really seem like it matters too much. Their no. RPI is down around 50. Arkansas is going to be the scariest number two seed in the history of regionals, um, but you know, there's no way you can host with that RPI. I mean, you know, the lowest host we've had in the RPI in the last, I don't know, ten years at least is UConn. Um, I'm sorry, Michigan in '08 with with a with a with a 35 RPI, and they hosted as a two seed. That's in the Big Ten. You're not going to give a, a, a a SEC team with a bad RPI a host because it's easy to have a good RPI in the SEC. I mean, the, the, the lowest lowest SEC RPI team to host was 2006 when it was Kentucky uh, at 27. And actually, the year before that, Tennessee at 29. So you had two teams in the late 20s. If you're not in the low 20, I mean, if you're not in the top 30 as an, as an SEC team, there's just no way. I don't care if you finish third in the league. Um, you know, I don't right think it should be anyway. Not if they not if they use the RPI, which they do. So they do. I mean, that's the thing is you can make a case where Arkansas deserves it. They went five and one against South Carolina, Mississippi State. They finished third in the league. I get all that. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. But the fact is the fact the committee uses the RPI. It's it's part of the equation, and and that's lacking for Arkansas. So if they go on a deep run in Hoover, I don't know how much they can boost their RPI. I, I'm sure it can help. You know, because they're going to play some good RPI teams. Um, but they need to boost to 20 spots, I think. Aaron, uh, let's move on to the Atlantic Coast Conference. I think we've talked a lot about the Southeastern Conference. Let's talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference. We had two uh, pretty big series this weekend to, uh, to decide the two divisions. We had uh, Florida State for the fifth year in a row, I believe it is, winning yeah. the Atlantic Division. 
I think it's the seventh year in a row. Seventh year. That's insane. Their, consist- their consistency is a sight to behold. Um, we're running late on the podcast already here, but Florida State wins the Atlantic Division by winning two out of three against Clemson. North Carolina wins the Coastal Division. All I had to do was win one out of three against Virginia. It did. Uh, but the Tar Heels have lost their last two series and haven't won a series in a while because prior to that they split two at NC State. Um, still feels like the ACC is playing for three national seeds, North Carolina, Florida State, and most likely Virginia, and I guess Virginia's number three in the RPI right now, Aaron. So, is Florida State a lock? Is it a lock? The ACC is going to get three top eight national yeah. seeds because Florida State's fifth in the RPI. I think so. I think all three of those are really, really, really strong bets for for national seeds. I mean, you know, it, they they all did what they needed to do, except for North Carolina is the one team. I mean, you know, they actually haven't won a series in in five weeks now because they they had those um, the two series losses. They had a bye week, and then they had the split with NC State. So I mean, there it's been a long time they've won a series. Right now, it feels like their momentum is completely just gone. I mean, you know, it's I know they they weren't far off from winning that series this weekend, but they didn't win it. And now it's like I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be a national seed. Don't get me wrong, their body work is strong, um, everything else. But I, I don't know. I mean, right now it feels like they're third out of those three teams uh, as far as the well, that's, maybe that's not true. Maybe they're still ahead of Florida State if you look at the overall body of work. But momentum is not in there. They've got momentum right now. They've got Joe Mentum. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I would rather hit my funk late in the regular season than a regional. Now, last year, yeah. North Carolina really didn't hit a funk until the regional. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch some of the ACC tournament this week uh, here in Durham. Uh, you know, a lot of us here at the Baseball America office will be there. Miami, Clemson, and NC State are the other teams in North Carolina's pod, and they'll play all three of those teams. And they lost a game to all three of those teams. You know, they lost one game to Miami. They lost a game to Clemson. They lost a game to NC State. Now, they won two of those series, but. All three of those teams are going to throw lefties at them, you know. And North Carolina, I believe, is thirteen and thirteen, maybe fourteen and six in games started by a left-hander. You know, maybe they got some confidence because they they did beat Kyle Crockett out of the, the lefty out of Virginia's bullpen in the Friday game. Um, but still, I I agree with you. I think North Carolina can snap out of it. But their bullpen is basically down to two guys. They pretty much trust Trent Thornton and Chris McHugh. And uh, you know, in my mind, for them to get to Omaha. They're going to have to find another answer in the, in, in the, on the mound because I, I'm, I still feel their lineup is, is pretty confident. I know the most interesting thing about their weekend series was Colin Moran getting back on track a little bit offensively in the last game. And then Sky Bolt, I don't know if you noticed this, Aaron, but he batted right-handed against Josh Spores. I did. I did. He yeah. clearly feels more comfortable from the right side. And after one pitch, Mike Fox called timeout and came to talk to him. And he basically said afterwards, I was pretty much asking him, what are you doing batting right-handed? Is something wrong? Are you hurt? <laughs> And uh, he just said, no, he feels more comfortable from the right side. And scouts love his swing from the right side. They like it better from the right side than the left side. And <clears throat> that's something to watch, I think, for North Carolina. they got to get Sky Bowl uh, going. And then I just think Florida State, they're sleeper in there for me, Aaron. Again, North Carolina State, we dropped them in the rankings this week because they lost the Florida State series. But I actually feel better about State this week, not because they swept Duke, because Logan Jernigan pitched well against Duke. And he only pitched four and two-thirds innings. It's not like it was a world-beating uh, well, that, that's huge for NC State, man. That's like one of their longest outings of the year in the number three spot. I mean, that's a, I, it I, is. I just, I'm sorry. I, I'm still. Uh, that still is nettlesome to me. Oh, it the should. The fact be. that they Absolutely can't, they is. can't get deep into the game except for Carlos Rodon, and it's crazy. It's crazy how many games they've won without quality starting pitching. I, I can't. It, it blows my mind. It blows my mind, and I think uh, Jernigan went 77 pitches. So I think he was on a 75 pitch limit. He went five innings. 
I, I think he's the key to the whole deal. If NC State's going to end their streak, they haven't been to Omaha since 1967, uh, to me, Logan Jernigan has to be a guy who can give them six quality innings against a good team. I've seen him do it. I saw him do it last year against Georgia Tech. He, his stuff was phenomenal. He had one horrible inning, but he's a, he's a, he's a personal cheese ball. <laughs> so uh, NC State better uh, hope that I'm right. Because <laughs> and, and, honestly, the rest of it is just Johnny Holstaff. They, yeah. The rest of their – there's no other starting pitcher they should have any faith in. But right now they're basically down to Rodon and Jernigan, and that's uh, that's interesting. I, I think I do think we we feel pretty confident, Aaron, in five ACC regional hosts, Florida State, NC State, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, correct? Yes. Okay. Aaron, next I, up. I will, go ahead. I will, I will say this. I, I think that – I mean, Clemson's not, not – well, not, let's just forget it. I, I think five is, is a safe bet. I mean, I, I think if something happened, um, you know, I don't know. Let's say Arkansas gets really hot and they do boost that RPI, and Clemson, you know, goes 0 and three in ACC tournament or something like that. I could see maybe, you know, it, it's far fetched. Maybe Clemson could get squeezed out, uh, but but uh, probably not. I think they're probably okay. Okay. Um, moving on to the Pac-12, Aaron. Big series out there this weekend with Oregon, Oregon State kind of a fizzle of a series because the Beavers dominated. The O-State ball, O-State ball has continued to be balling. But this is a four-bid league, correct? I mean, nothing's really changed yeah. for, for the Pac-12 this weekend, did it? Nothing's changed. I mean, Stanford swept Cal. They're still 79 in the RPI. Too little, too late. Even if they sweep UCLA. Not so fast, says so, so their yeah. information uh, <laughs> Twitter. I, 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 I beg to differ. They're done. I mean, they're done. I think if they sweep it's UCLA, a four-bid league. You don't, think, you don't think they get in if they sweep UCLA? I don't think it'll be enough for their RPI. And, you know, to me, they needed to get hot in May, and they, they lost, what, seven straight instead. You know, they, you got, know, they, got, this swept, weekend. they got swept at Oregon, and they got swept by Oregon State. I mean, they got, you know, pulling Oregon. You got to win one of those games. I mean, Oregon, and Oregon's, an, uh, uh, I think, a polarizing team here, Aaron, because they've lost five series. I yeah. said in the meeting, they're like the, they are the uh, Mississippi State of the West, which I'm sure no one in the state of Oregon thinks of themselves. As in any way, shape, or form, anything like Mississippi State. But on the baseball field, I think they're very similar teams in that Oregon lost series to basically every good team it plays. So they've lost five series against Arizona State, which is now number 20 or 19 in our rankings. They lost a series to Vanderbilt, number one, Fullerton, number three, which you're going to write about. I don't. I hope the Fullerton fans don't you know think that we're losing them in the in, in the mix here. But you were at Fullerton for two games. You'll write about them in three strikes today. But lost to Vanderbilt, number three Fullerton, number four Oregon State, and number eight uh, UCLA. Those are the series losses for Oregon. I guess if you're going to lose series, A, don't get swept. They didn't get swept in any of those series. And B, lose four series of the top eight teams in the country. Yeah. And, I don't I don't feel you know, bad about ranking them where we have them ranked. And I feel like they've earned a, a regional hosting. I don't think they deserve to be a top eight national seed, though. Agreed. And they're going to host a regional. To me, the Pac-12 seems pretty pretty easy to figure out. you got – one national seed, Oregon State. You got a host, Oregon. You got a host, UCLA, and you got an at-large team in Arizona State, and and that's kind of the way it shakes out. I mean, um, you know, maybe Oregon or UCLA even could still be uh, in the mix, but for a national seed. But but I think I think probably uh, that's what we're looking at. All right, Aaron, and then uh, those SEC, those Pac-12 teams that get in, do we see them all as hosts? Three teams as hosts? Yeah. Is Arizona State a host? Three. 
Arizona State will not host. Okay. Uh, no way. I mean, at this point, especially after losing the series to Arizona this weekend, a 15 and 12 in the league, uh, I just can't. You know, you're a four bid league. You can't have four hosts, especially when you've already got a, a fourth host out in the West with Fullerton. Uh, Arizona State will be a two seed in Fullerton. I mean, that's you know, come on, that's that's a slam dunk. <laughs> that's fine. So we don't feel like uh, so in our top 16, 17 in our rankings. You have Arkansas. We have Arkansas in the top 17. New Mexico, we have a little jacked up at 13. Some of that's pole mechanics. Some of that's our faith in the fighting Birminghams out of the land of enchantment. But I think we feel like all those other teams, Vanderbilt, LSU, Fullerton, Oregon State, Virginia, Carolina, Florida State, UCLA, NC State, Louisville, Oregon, Indiana, we feel pretty confident about all 12 of those teams as regional hosts, correct? Those are taken yes. to the those are taken to the bank regional hosts, correct? Yes, they are. Take it to the bank. Thirteen New Mexico. If they win the Mountain West Conference, any chance they host? Maybe they host as a two seed? Could that possibly happen? That doesn't happen very often anymore, but doubt it. Don't okay. don't think so. Arkansas at fourteen hosting as a two seed? Could that possibly happen? Or are they gonna host as a one? Uh I you know, I maybe I mean I, I think I consider that possibility. I just don't I just don't think so because you've got enough other hosts, you know, as as number ones out there. There's you don't need, you don't need to shoehorn them in. There's there's no geographic reason to do it. Um I just don't see it. Okay, and then we're talking about Kansas State at 15. Kudos to Brad Hill and the Wildcats. Got to think Brad Hill's on the short list for National Coach of the Year. Wildcats yeah. win their first conference regular season champion of any kind since 1933. I believe as Mike Patrick would say, are you kidding me? Crazy. It is crazy. I mean, what in the name of Kayvon Baram today happened there? <laughs> you, you didn't know, think those, I was going to go there, didn't you? That, that's well done. Those guys, uh, they're dangerous offensively. You know, they're, they're kind of like New Mexico. They're, they're constructed similarly. Uh, they're, not as, they're not as offensive as Mexico, but they are very offensive. Uh, and, you know, they, they came from behind against Jonathan Gray on Thursday, and that was kind of loud. Um, and, uh, you know, that's their team that kind of pieces it together on the mound. And, you know, they score a lot of runs. And they're hard-nosed and well-coached. And, uh, indeed, kudos to those guys because that's a team that was not on anybody's radar coming into the year. They were not on the coaches' radar. I think they were voted, like, 12th, uh, 12th, 7th race in the league in the preseason. I think 7th. Um, and, you know, they won the league. And it's, it's, a, it's a great program. I mean, we've talked about it before, how, how well-coached we think that program is and how they managed to – you know, they just grind it out every year, and they seem like they, they're one of those programs that, that overachieves or achieves more than is expected uh, consistently. On a very regular basis. And meanwhile, the Big 12, Aaron, was full, I think, of – I mean, we both think of some underachievers. And uh, yeah. I'm just stunned at the mediocrity of this league. How many bids do you see from this league right now? got to think Oklahoma is on the bubble as much as yes, any team, and they might be on the wrong side of the bubble. They need to not, you know, they need to do some work in the conference tournament at this point. I mean, they've got they've got momentum. Um, you know, they're going in the they're going the wrong direction. Um, you know, down the stretch, they've lost three straight series. Now they're number what fifty in the RPI, I believe. Fifty one, um, according to Boyd's World. About behind 50, behind New Mexico, behind New Mexico, behind Arkansas, behind Bryant. For crying out loud, how about Bryant. That? How about that? How about indeed. That? So, yeah, just a stunning stunning turn of events, stunning season for them, really. Uh, I know they had the Dylan Overton injury, injury, but, I mean, this is a team that's going to have three guys drafted in the first three rounds with Gray, Overton, and Oberstee, and just feel like they should be better than they are. 
Yeah, and you know, we'll we'll. I still think they're dangerous, but I don't know. Right now, I'm not really feeling it. I mean, I, I know that they, you know, if, if if you get them as your three seed in the regional with, with Gray and Overton, you're probably not feeling too great about it. But if Oklahoma, <laughs> but if Oklahoma goes two and Q in the Big Twelve tournament, could this be a two bid league? Yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. I think if Oklahoma goes two and Q, uh, well, yes, I think it would be a two bid league. And just stunning to look at the Big 12 tournament and not see Texas in it. I mean, I don't know how the I don't know how the Longhorn Network is going to fill all that a, all that uh, AT huh. maybe. How they're going to fill all that all that airtime. So Kansas State's a host. It sounds like Mississippi State by winning that series this weekend against South Carolina has solidified itself as a host for you. Correct? Yes. So that's 14. South Carolina at 15. We think they're yes. a regional host. Correct? Who's the, so the, yes. so the 16th regional host is basically coming down to Clemson and maybe someone else possibly moving ahead of them, maybe an Oklahoma State if they sweep the Big 12 tournament or an Arizona State if they sweep this weekend or potentially Arkansas if they sweep through the Southeastern Conference tournament. Is there anybody else out there who you'd see as a dark horse host, someone from the Big East perhaps other than Louisville? No, I, I think I think the only other team to me for me is South Alabama is, is still okay. in the mix. I mean, as, as a number 15 or 16 RPI team and co-champion in, in the number five conference uh, in the RPI, you know, I mean, that'll be a four-bit league. Um, I think South Alabama is certainly still in the mix. In fact, I put them right now ahead of any of those teams you mentioned as, as kind of the 17th candidate to host. Um, and then Arkansas as well, if they can if they can get hot and boost the RPI, um, still think they got a chance. But right now I feel pretty good about those those 16 teams that we, we talked about as hosts. Fitzy, let's uh, real quick. You're going to the Big Ten tournament this uh, weekend, in uh, or this week in Minneapolis, correct? Yes, I am. So um, next time we, that you do, that you go, we need to do a Prince soundtrack to, in, in the, to sync it up with Minneapolis. So I guess the, the replacements also from Minneapolis. Minneapolis was a happening place in the 1980s. So yeah, I guess n- so. Number one. So the Big Ten, Indiana, 40 and 13 overall. They won the league. They won the series from Ohio State this weekend in Columbus. Indiana is going to be a regional host. It sounds like you think the number one seed that you're taking that to the bank, right? Take it to the bank. All right. Ohio State. The Buckeyes certainly had a tough finishing schedule or schedule. They, they played Oregon. They played Georgia Tech midweek. Uh, is Oregon is Ohio State in? Are, are they already in, or are they kind of fighting for their lives this weekend at Target Field? They will be fighting for their lives. You know, they're they're 61st in the RPI. Um, that's a little outside that large range. They do have 10 wins against the top 50, but the thing that hurts them a little bit is is actually the fact that they played, you know, those those games, those eight games down the stretch all at home. And you know, if you lose six, if you lose six of those, you know, six six losses at what 1.3 victory or 1.3 losses apiece because they're at home. Um, that, that hurts you in the RPI. I mean, you're you're better off going on the road. You know, I mean, <laughs> the way the formula works now. So, um, I still like the fact that they finished, you know, 15 and nine in their conference, and they they won they won some good series in the league. Uh, they they won two out of three against Illinois. You know, they uh, won two out of three at Nebraska. Um, they you know they they, they, they the resume is decent, but feels like if they um, won if they won that series at Minnesota or won that series at home against Michigan State. You feel pretty good about their chances, but they didn't. I mean, it's one game here or right. there, but it really feels like th- those are crucial losses for them. I think you're right, and you know, right now they're still alive, but they need to do work in the Big Ten tournament. They need to get it. They need to get close to number 50, I think, in that RPI. So, I think you're looking at um, 
probably Illinois is a pretty good bet for a second team out of the Big Ten. And then, you know, if, if somebody else wins that conference tournament, then I think Illinois and Indiana both get in and you get a three-bid league. But otherwise, it's probably looking more like a two-bid league. To and me. it's a, it's a four-bid tournament. It's a six-team tournament, I guess, right? Yes, it is. So Michigan State, despite, despite being 36th in the RPI and, you know, I mean. <laughs> you don't think Michigan State can get in even with that? The RPI is going to kill it. Uh, not the RPI is going to kill it, but the the, uh, the RPI can't save it even if they didn't make the conference tournament. I don't think they deserve to get in. I mean, come on, seventh in the Big Ten, missing out on a six-team conference tournament. It's kind of it's like last year, but last year they at least finished fifth in the league, and and you know they had a they had a worse RPI last year. They were like 48, and they got in. Um, so they they probably have a chance still. I mean, depends how much the committee looks at this uh the values of the conference standings but for me you got to make your your conference tournament in, in you know in the Big 10 and they're but I mean I, again, I, I, but I will just say though I mean they only they have 16 but they're the SEC that have been comfortably in you know I mean uh I mean everyone gets a trophy in the Southeastern Conference uh yeah. you know in the Big 10 uh it's just like most other conferences where the conference tournament doesn't make money so the conference tournament is a nuisance rather than an opportunity so the see is a nuisance and uh, because it's the news since Michigan State didn't get in, I mean, I guess they really have themselves to blame. They got swept by Michigan, uh, but they swept Indiana. I mean, uh, the resume is pretty interesting. I guess the, the real killer for them is going to Iowa and lo- losing that series at Iowa. So it uh, is, and you know, it's it's not just the fact that they missed their conference tournament. Because I agree that shouldn't be, you know, that 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 shouldn't kill them in itself. I mean, because that conference is so compressed. And with weather and all that kind of stuff, they play only 21 league games. They're a game back of Minnesota, a half game back of Illinois and Michigan that played three more league games. It's a killer for Michigan State. I feel bad for uh, Jake Boss on that staff because uh, I just I just seem, I mean, I, I, I kind of have a feeling that they have a shot at getting in you there. Do, I don't think I would put them in. They do have a shot. I mean, I, I do like I do like the quality series wins at Ohio State um, against Illinois, you know, and then the sweep of Indiana. Those are those are good series wins. It, it is a shame that they had that entire series at Minnesota canceled. Um, you know that 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 is unfortunate. But I don't know. I mean, seventh place in the Big Ten. I don't know. It's tough. It is tough. Aaron, uh, any, anything uh, stock reporty? Is there a, is there a team that no one thinks of, like a Bryant we mentioned? Is there a team that you wouldn't think mm-hmm. of that has a chance to get an at-large bid? Um, from a, a mid-major conference that no one's thinking of or a team that we haven't talked about at all this year that could be an at-large team? I mean, like, we talked about Central Arkansas. They're not going to be an at-large team. But I mean, someone like that, someone who didn't pop up on the national radar who uh, could be an at-large, like could someone from the Ohio Valley, like a Tennessee Tech or Austin P, jump up and be Austin an at-large? P, Austin P is going to be an at-large. I mean, I, I suspect they're 29th in the RPI. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, that that's uh, – 42-win team that's 29 in the RPI and, you know, has finished near the top of its conference, that's an at-large team. Um, I think the Ohio Belmont, Valley could... Does Belmont have a shot at that, too? They're oh, 71 so. They're 71 in the RPI and Tennessee Tech no. at 83. So, you, so if Austin P. so the rest of the country, these other bubble teams need to hope that Austin P. wins the Ohio Valley, and then yes. that leaves the Tennessee Tech, the fight in AJKJs, and, uh, and Belmont and those other teams kind of... Uh, on the outside looking in. And then the Big East, is the Big East down to a two-bid league potentially, Louisville and Seton Hall, because Pittsburgh got swept this weekend. South Florida seems very bubbly, and Notre Dame 
uh, TFCO, in my opinion. Yeah, TFCO is right, Notre Dame. I mean, you know, losing losing the last two series, um, you know, at St. John's and then at Cincinnati. That's number 233 in the RPI, and they were lower than that coming into the week. That's embarrassing. Boy, that's, that's bad. I mean, for Notre Dame, come on. That, no, no way, Notre Dame. Um, they lost their last three series overall. They also, of course, lost that series of South Florida at home. But, yeah, I think Louisville and Seton Hall and – you know, I feel bad that that Pitt is not going to probably get in um, because they went 18 and six in the league. They won 40 games for the first time. You know, I'd like to see them in. I think they're a regional caliber team, um, but I just think the RPI is going to cost them. I mean, and, yeah, you know, and I'm, looking at, I'm looking at their their at their season. I don't even see like the I guess other than the loss to Coppin State, which had a, the best year Coppin State's had in a long mm-hmm. time. Other than that loss, I don't see like any egregious series they played this this year. You know, I don't see any true RPI killers. You know, it's not like they it's, played Mississippi Valley State or Alcorn or some of these uh, SWAC teams that SEC teams constantly play. Four games against Youngstown State, which is number two two sixty two. Uh, two games against Coppin State, which even though they had a good year, they were two ninety one in the RPI. Um, you know, three games against Villanova, which everybody had to play in the Big East, but that, they're 245. Georgetown's 224. Uh, Wofford's 244. I mean, we're no, looking Wofford's at uh, that bad. Wofford, yeah. I mean, so it's 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 27 games against teams outside the top 200. Um, oh. And, and, okay, and a lot of them were, you know, like like we're talking about, were toward the back of that list. You know, I mean, especially Coppin State and, and Youngstown. I mean, those teams. It's it's that's what that's what kills them. I mean, despite the fact they won all these games, it's, it's just a lot of games against teams that are not not high enough. I he, I hear you on that one, Aaron. Two last things, and then we'll let you go. Um, Bob Smith, Bob Bruin Bear asked, "Do you think the Bruins are getting there?" He spelled it wrong. Focus on Omaha now. Um, I, I think every team's focusing on that right now. We'll try not to, but obviously all the coaching staffs are focused on getting that. But What's the chance? The best question is, what's the chance of a UCLA Fullerton meeting in a super regional? That that chance has to be pretty low, doesn't it? We think UCLA is going to be a top eight national seed, or potentially. No. Oh, they're no, not. Going no, to be. no. I I think Fullerton will be, and UCLA will not be. So then um, there you so go. Yeah, I think it's probably. I think Fullerton UCLA is a, is a pretty likely pairing, you know. And I know that's it gets old, but that's the reality right now. Until they see the teams one through sixteen, geography is going to be a factor. You got to beat teams in your region. Um, it's you know we're we're just gonna have to live with it until they change the system. And the uh, West Coast fans will commence the belly aching, um, the annual belly aching after that. Like you said, it's, which which it's really old. gets old, which it's really old. gets old. I mean, it's it's you know it's the same thing everywhere. It's the same thing in Florida. Florida and Florida State and Miami are all sick of each other. South Carolina and Clemson and you know North Carolina, you know all those teams are sick of each other. I mean you know. The Texas teams are sick of each other. A&M and hey, Rice, how many times have they seen each other? Let's talk about Bethune-Cookman, where they go to regionals every yeah. year, and every year they had to go to Miami or Florida. They never got to leave the state. They never got yeah. to travel, you know, or Southern. Every year used to get sent to LSU. I mean, it happens everywhere. Just stop. Get, get your head out of your own, out of the sand and think that only these things befall you. I mean, that's it, it's so old. Um, yeah. Last question. Any shot? Somebody asked me about Canisius there and the Griffons. Are they the Canisius? The, are they the Griffons? The Griffons. And the, Griffins. The, Griffins. Yes, the Griffins. I prefer to say Griffons. <laughs> I don't know why. It's the J.J. Cooper in me. Uh, any chance the Griffins or any of those uh, small conference or mid-major teams from the Northeast get an at-large bid for not winning well, the tournament? Bryant. I mean, Bryant's the one team. 
that um, you know has a chance to. And and, and they're in the Northeast Conference, that? correct? They're they are in the Northeast Conference. They're they're uh, 40 and 15 overall. Um, they are number 49 in the RPI according to Warren Nolan right now. Um, you know, and, and this is they won their league very convincingly. Um, you know, by four games over Sacred Heart. That that team. Give them credit. I mean, you know, they, they scheduled aggressively early. It helps them in the RPI probably that they, they started out by going to Oregon State to open the season yep. um, for four games. They didn't, you know, and they didn't win any of those games, but they actually played very competitively out there. And they lost 2-1. They lost 3-1 in the first two games of that series. So um, that's a pretty good team. I mean, that Bryant team is talented. They got uh, they got a lot of arms, and um, they're interesting. I think that, that's a dangerous four seed in a regional somewhere. Aaron, great stuff. We'll let you go to wrap up the top 25 and all the uh, other stuff that we actually have to write for today and uh, mm. get on to three strikes. Uh, I think that people, most people are going to probably love this podcast because I'll let you talk. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> let you, I'll let you do the analyzing. And, uh, you know, you're the expert, Fitzy. So um, we'll be back with the uh, today's, obviously, later today and every Monday, even during the postseason. I think we're going to keep on trying to do this Google Plus Hangout. Uh, but we probably should talk about that. Today might be the last Google Plus Hangout, actually, Aaron, Monday at 1230 anyway. Today might be the last Google Plus Hangout, so we'll we'll see mm-hmm. how we we'll, we'll play that a little bit by the year. Um, but looking forward to that, and looking forward to your trip to Minneapolis. When do you leave for Minneapolis uh, today or tomorrow? Leaving tomorrow, and uh, look, certainly looking forward to that. It's going to be a different experience up there for a conference tournament where you you know you've got a lot more in the line, I think, in, in a league like that where um, you know it really matters who gets the automatic bid than than in the SEC where you know most of those teams are going to be alive after the first two days or. or already going to be in, I think. Yeah, the SEC tournament, usually after the first day, you're playing for positioning and whether you're going to host yep. or not or be a top eight national seed. In the Big Ten tournament, you're playing for your life, and then they're going to be doing it in a big league ballpark, but it's going to be mostly empty. So it's going to be fascinating, yeah. I think, to see. So this will be four years in a row with four different conference tournaments, right? Or just three years in a row with three different tournaments? It might be. Yeah, I think I did the SEC two years in a row, and then I went ACC and then Big Ten. So, yeah, just mixing it up a little bit. Where else have you ever been? Have you ever been to other conference tournaments? Uh, the Conference USA tournament, I remember one year back in uh, Greenville. Yeah, I've been there. And, for one, I've, uh, been, I've been to Kinston for one of those, if you can imagine that. Wow, Kinston. How about absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, of course, last year, don't forget, we went to the Big South Conference Championship. That's Yes, we did. We did go to the Big South. That's, that's right. Last year, good call. One of my all-time favorite baseball days. Big South Conference Championship in the, in the uh, afternoon. Carolina-NC State ACC game with 10,000 people at night. Uh, getting to see two of my favorite people in the world, my son and, and Aaron Fitt. It was a great baseball day. So, uh, Fitzy, good stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next podcast and have a safe trip to Minneapolis. Thanks, Johnny. That was a pleasure. For Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. The College Podcast is sponsored by Project Lomo, and we'll see you next week on the next Baseball America College Podcast. So long, everybody.